Don't hesitate. We would love to pray for you. Uh, so I want to tell you a little story. Um, back in the early 90s, which was not that far back, but a little ways, uh, I, was, I was leading a group, I think I, I probably mentioned before, called the 8 o'clock service. And it was kind of a hipster church, you know, it was dark like it was tonight, and uh, it was t- everybody was at coffee tables. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of the, the cool in little church thing to go to. Uh, the, only, the only weird part was we had an espresso bar in the room. And every now and then, uh, you, know, you know, like the worship was, was loud. It was louder than you guys. Uh, and at times, you know, right when like the song would end, it would go down. It'd be quiet. You'd be kind of in that moment of just sort of waiting on God. And you'd hear, when that espresso machine would go off. So that was, that was kind of a not great thing always. But uh, it was mostly uh, very young people, uh, mostly single people, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists. Yes, sir? I, I did. I did have a point. Thank you for reminding me, Doug. I, I, I appreciate that. There is no photographic evidence anywhere on the planet of that, but it, it was true. I did. So, uh, oh, I, no, we can't. We can't. It's not going to happen. Not tonight. Uh, you're going to make me mess up my story. I don't even remember what I'm talking about now. Uh, oh, but, but it was a, a lot of young people and, and, and really a lot of musicians and artists, kind of this sort of artistic crowd. Uh, and, and one night a gal came with some friends. They brought her up and introduced her to me before the service started. And she was a person who, you, maybe you've met someone like this before, looked like they were probably, I mean, they looked older than they probably really were, you know what I mean? Kind of like, I don't know what the, what the cliche is, but well-worn, you know, she looked like she'd had a, a fairly difficult life, uh, seemed a bit distant, you know, they introduced her to me and kind of like, hi, and then um, went and sat down at a table in the dark somewhere. And uh, so worship began, and, and our worship was actually very, very similar, you know, to, to what we uh, how we express worship here now, um, and, and not too far into worship, uh, she began to cry and continued to cry all throughout worship and throughout the teaching time and most of the evening. And at the uh, end of the service, she came up to me again, uh, you know, still crying. And she, she, she didn't know what to say, and she just said, I, ha- I haven't been to church since Easter of 1982. And th- these people, these songs, and that's all she could really say. And um, she did not have language to express what was happening in her own heart at that moment. Uh, h- however, I knew what she was feeling because I had seen that same thing happen to other people many times in my life. And in fact, I had experienced something like that myself. The, the first time I ever went to uh, a little home group that became the Vineyard Church that we uh, first went to, uh, I was a lot like that girl. I was about 19 years old, and, and uh, I came in. And I, I grew up in a very traditional church, and so I was kind of used to some formality and some structure and things kind of going in a certain order. And it was in a living room, which was weird to me. Uh, you know, I'd never been to church in a living room before. And um, a guy came out of a door like, like that, which didn't say kitchen because it was in a house. But I thought it was the bathroom, and I thought that was weird. It, it, 
it ends up it wasn't the bathroom. It was just another room. But he came out, and he had a stool in one hand and a guitar in the other hand. And, okay, so he sits down on the stool and started playing songs. No, and it was, I, again, I was kind of like, hmm, because nobody said we're going to begin now or anything. He just started playing and, and, and started playing some songs. And, 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 and somewhere two or three songs or so into it, the same thing that that gal experienced, I experienced. Um, the songs were mostly unfamiliar to me. I'd kind of maybe heard a couple of them a little bit, but I just started to cry. And, and I didn't know why. And I again, cried kind of through the whole evening. And when I left that night, um, I still, I, I had no words to express what was happening inside of me. This is the only thing I could think of. And I remember very, very clearly thinking, whatever that was, I, I want that. I want to go back there. And that was a pivotal point in my life because I began that night uh, organizing my life around being where that was. And uh, so tonight, we're going to finish our little series. We've been talking about Vineyard Values. I've shared with you that uh, last year, the uh, National Vineyard leadership sort of uh, restructured or restated really our values. And we've been looking at the five values uh, and, and kind of just using that as sort of a, a time to, you know, kind of say, where are we at? What are, what are we about? What are we for? What really is this all about? And the, the last value tonight that, that I want us to talk about is experiencing God. And um, one of the things that is the nearest and dearest and, and really foundational in the, uh, in the vineyard is, is this. It's that we, we worship and we serve a relational God. We, we worship and we serve a God who, with every fiber of being, wants to know you and be known by you. And, 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 and that God doesn't desire simply uh, an intellectual assent. And, and what I mean by that is he doesn't desire you to simply know about him. Anybody ever know all about something but really not know it? I, 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 know, I have friends uh, in different parts of the country, and I have friends who have uh, grown up in the Midwest, born and raised. And I realize if you're born and raised in the Midwest, you, uh, you could look at or, or read about the uh, books about the Pacific Ocean. And, and you could study the ocean. You could study everything about the ocean. You could watch movies about the ocean. You could watch surf films. You could do all of that. And, and you, could, you might be able to memorize everything there is to know about the ocean. But, but really, it's, it's not anything at all compared to jumping in, is it? It's a whole different experience. And, and our God is that way a little bit. We, we can learn about God and we can know about him, but what he desires is something much more than that. He wants us to, to really know him. He, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit. I'm going to say, I don't think he wants us to just believe in him either. You know, we say we're, we're believers. We, we believe in God. And... And yes, I, I think it's important that we believe in God, but I, I sense in my heart that what God desires is not just that we believe in him, not, not just that uh, we, we say, yes, I, I believe that, that God is real, that God is good, that God is love, but, but actually come to know that goodness 
and that love. And, and I'm going to say, too, that what God's looking for from us is not a preoccupation with the afterlife. And, again, maybe I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I, I think maybe in the past 50 years or so of the, the Christian church in, in the United States, at least, there's been a bit of a preoccupation with what happens when I die. And even the way that we approach sharing about God with others kind of centers around that, doesn't it? You know, uh, anybody ever had anybody come up to you and ask you, if you died tonight, do you know where you'd go? And uh, I love the idea of going to heaven. But if that's the only thing that motivates my life and, and that my life with God has to offer, I, I think I'm missing out. I believe with all my heart that what God wants is what Jesus called abundant life, a rich life, a life in this life right now, today, every moment that is filled with his presence. And so when we, when we talk about relationship with God, experiencing God, it's, it's, it's really kind of that that we're talking about. I'm a, I'm a Seinfeld buff. I know that some of you are as well. And I was, you don't, this is just, you can kind of admit it if you want. You don't have to fully admit it. Um, but the other night I was watching uh, an old uh, Seinfeld rerun, and it was hilarious. George Costanza uh, is, is dating this girl, and he's going to take her to this big ball. And the only reason he's going to the ball is he wants to make a grand entrance with this pretty girl. That's his, that's his whole thing. And so he hears sort of through the grapevine that she's going to break up with him. So what he does, his, his, his theory is, if I don't go see her or don't talk to her, she can't break up with me, and then she'll have to go to the ball. That's his thing. So he doesn't take any of her phone calls, and he won't see her because he knows if she can't break up with me, then we're still together, and she has to go with me to this event. And the irony, of course, is that in, in putting off the end of the relationship, they really have no. And, and so I just thought of our relationship with God. It's, it's, it's not like that. It's got to be a real relationship, and that's what God wants from us, is to know and be known. So I want to take just a second and pray, and then we'll talk about experiencing God. Jesus, uh, you know, you're, you are a, uh, a good and loving God, and you are close at hand. And uh, you, you said repeatedly uh, that your kingdom had come, that your kingdom was, was close by, that your kingdom was at hand. And, and Lord, we want to experience and know you in a real deep and intimate way, not, not just tonight, but throughout the course of our lives, day in and day out, with every breath. So would you just grace us with your presence as you always do? Would you open our hearts to receive from your word tonight? In your name we pray. Amen. I want to begin, uh, like we have on a few other of the other weeks, with uh, a description of this particular value from the Vineyard USA website. And we can read this together. It's, sorry, it's a little small, but I was trying to fit it all on there. Uh, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is eager to be known and experienced by all. We believe that God is searching for the lost and longs to draw us into loving, intimate relationship with Him. In Vineyard Churches, we welcome God's personal presence. We seek to be attentive to His presence, and we value the passionate pursuit of His presence in order to respond in obedience to His initiatives. We understand God's presence as a palpable reality. As we become increasingly sensitive and responsive to the Spirit's presence, we too can learn to see what the Father is doing and support His work with our lives. We value an approach to God's presence that is respectful both of God and others. We eschew hype and other efforts to manipulate either God's presence or the response of others to His presence. We distinguish between the Holy Spirit 
and the human response to the Holy Spirit, which shares in all the beauty and brokenness of our humanity. The description mentions several times the, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the third, and I would say sometimes overlooked person of the Trinity. And, and I say that based only really on my own experience, and, you know, and uh, 30 or 35 years or so of interaction with others. Uh, very often, I, I think, and we've talked about this before, but the Holy Spirit is mysterious and, and in some ways a little slippery. Do you know what I mean by that? Not in a bad way, but just hard to get a hold of. And so um, we, we are able, I think, in our own minds to formulate uh, image of the Father. We kind of can, can see and at least envision what we think the Father would be like. Jesus is a lot easier because he's flesh and blood and, and we've got stories about him so we can kind of dial right in on Jesus. But the Holy Spirit's a little harder to get a hold of. And sometimes, so, you know, that, that mystery and that difficulty just causes us to sort of push him out of the picture. And that, that really was uh, a part of my experience growing up as well, uh, that, you know, the Holy Spirit just wasn't really uh, talked about or mentioned very often. Um, We believe, our conviction is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, is uh, our guide, uh, as Jesus said he would be. I'm going to a couple verses from John. Jesus mentions often the Holy Spirit, but we believe that he is our guide, that he is the one that sort of leads us through the course of life. We believe he is the voice. We talk about hearing the voice of God from time to time, right? You hear, you hear people say that. And even tonight at the end of worship, Jesse said, hey, if, if you believe God is speaking to you, we'd invite you to come up and share. And a couple people came and said, uh, you know, here's some things I think God's speaking to me. And, and I appreciate Rob so much because Rob said, well, I don't know if this is God or not. And, and, and sometimes it's hard to know. But that voice that we hear, that's the Holy Spirit as well. The presence, when we talk about the presence of God, and we, we use that kind of language sometimes, really what we're talking about is, is the Holy Spirit. And so it's, 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 our, it's our value, our belief, our conviction that the Holy Spirit is alive and active and a part of our lives. And so when we talk about experiencing God in a very real way, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We could spend uh, some weeks, months maybe, just talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is difficult to get a hold of sometimes and to understand in our lives and the gifts of the Spirit. But, but uh, when we speak of experiencing God, we're really talking about the presence of God's Spirit in our lives. And one of the ways that we experience God, and maybe, I don't know if it's the, the, the main way or the primary way, but certainly one of the central ways that we experience God is in the context of worship. Both of the stories that I shared with you earlier tonight about the young lady that came to my group and then, and then my own testimony uh, were times when the Spirit of God really began to uh, make himself known and, and, and myself and this other woman uh, experienced him in worship. And, and that is an experience that I know that many of you have had. And many of us have, have had that experience um, maybe multiple times in our life. And, and you're, you're, you're in worship, and, and you're in God's presence, and suddenly, I don't know how to describe it, but something happens. Something happens. You, you, you feel something. There's something that goes on inside of you. I've, I've uh, described it this way before. It's kind of like, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, and you tell someone, I love you, 
there is, there is, there is a, an expected response, is there not? I love you too. And so when we worship, we are in effect saying to God, I love you. And when we feel that presence with us, it's God saying back, I love you too. And, and John Wesley described it as liquid love. I, I don't know if that's, I don't know, it's as good as anything I got. It's, it, you know, and I love Paul's word tonight too. It, how good is God? He's, he's good and he's better than that and better than that and better than that. It's God, God saying, I love you too. Can I, um, can I poke at you a little bit? I think that when we come together, we should expect to be touched by God. I think when we come to worship, we should come with the expectation that God is going to say, I love you too tonight. I think we should, we should come with the understanding that I'm going to go be in the presence of God. And I'm not like down on anybody. I'm as guilty as the rest of you. And I know the life we live. And I know it's busy and it's hectic and there's so much. But somehow there's got to be a way in which we can kind of stop and take a moment and say, I want to prepare my heart. I want to walk into that room tonight with the expectation that I'm going to meet with God. That he's going he's to be real and I'm going to sense and know his presence. I'm going to hear his voice. Psalm 22 puts it this way. You are the Holy One enthroned on the praises of Israel. That's, a, that's the church, I, uh, the vineyard that was in Anaheim that Donna and I were part of for years. And that's a picture I took for the cover of one of their first worship CDs. Um, it, was a, it was the most despicable room you've ever been in your life. It's a high school gymnasium. There's 4,000 people in there seated on the floor and in the wooden hard bleachers. It's hotter than blazing monkeys in there. And, uh, and yet, God's presence was so real and so powerful. God is enthroned on the praises or inhabits the praises of Israel or his people. And I I just um, hope that we can have that sense of expectation that when we come together, we will be in the presence of God and we can expect him to come and to touch us. I want to give you um, a little caution with that. And here's the caution. And, and, you know, this is very unlikely, I suppose, but I've experienced this before and and it bugs me, so I'm going to just talk about it. Sometimes I've been in environments where there becomes sort of a spiritually elite crowd. And there are a few people who really do open their hearts and receive from God and seem to get touched by Him regularly. And sometimes they begin to sort of uh, look at the others as kind of second-class Christians. Hmm. You know. And it doesn't matter if, you know, they cry or laugh or if they tremble in the presence of God or fall over or, or dance or whatever. They experience that presence of God, but they, they do. There, there's a humanity that we all carry with us that says, well, obviously I'm more spiritual than you. And I, again, I, I, don't, I really don't see that in, in us a lot, but I just, just a caution. I would hope we wouldn't do that. This is what I love. I, I love the diversity in the body of Christ. I really do. I really do. And, and I love the idea that even within a local body like this, that we could come together and someone could sit in the presence of God and just not 
do anything, and someone else could stand up and jump on the chair, maybe not jump on the chair, but just go, woohoo, you know what I mean? And, and let's, just, let's just say that that's the way it's going to be. You experience God and, 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 and allow Him to be real in your life in whatever way you can, and don't judge or criticize or condemn or look down at anybody else for experiencing God in the way that they do. Thank you. I like that about you, Paul. Um, and and I, here's, here's my second encouragement. I was going to try to be done early tonight so we could experience God a little bit, but I'll, I'll go really, really fast. How's that? Uh, I can talk so fast, I can do a 40-minute sermon in like 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> worship isn't the only way we can experience God. There's, there's a lot of ways, and I, I don't know what they all are. I would love if you have others that I don't think of. Men, send me a note, and here's a way. Um, but I've got a few I want to talk to you about uh, just real quickly, ways in which we might experience God's presence. One is creation. I love, I love this passage from Psalm 33. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry hosts by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. You know, I, the Northwest is so awesome because there is so much creation out there. We are so lucky. I think we've all had that experience where you're, you see creation, something happens, whatever it is, and all of a sudden it, it hits you. That didn't just happen. There's a God behind that. It might be a mountain or a river, uh, whatever it is. You know, uh, Donna and I, we, we love to go to Hawaii. And, and that's our happy place, we decided. It's our happy place. And uh, we, we go as often as we can, which is every couple of years, but, you know, we go when we can. And, and one of the things, this is what I love, is in Hawaii, with the sun's going down, there's a sunset, and everybody drops what they're doing to go watch the sunset. That what, it doesn't matter what you're doing, everybody stops, goes outside and watches the sunset. We were in Maui one time, and we were watching the sunset, and, the, and it kind of went down, and everybody started applauding, spontaneously applauding. And I'm not kidding you, chills went up and down my spine. I mean, I started crying because it was like worship. It was like a standing ovation for God. And I was like, that is cool. Everybody's clapping and cheering for God right now because that was so awesome. And, and there, there is a real experience we can have in God's presence just in creation. And so I just encourage you, open your heart up to that. Uh, and, and allow God to speak to you in the midst of, you know, the, the, the beauty of creation. And, and not just, you know, what we see in the mountains and that, but just creation, all of it. Just allow God to touch you and speak to you. Uh, another way that God, uh, we can really experience God's presence is in what we would call community or fellowship. Uh, this is a neat little uh, saying that, that Jesus gave his disciples. He said, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Isn't that true? Don't you like that? Isn't that so good? Um, I, I, have, I have come to very much appreciate, as I've gotten older, uh, God's presence in conversation. I, I love to have conversations with people um, where it wasn't necessarily planned or, you know, it wasn't going to be about God, but it just ends up. And you sense and know God's presence is there. And that can happen spontaneously, but, you know, it can happen in a planned way, too. Uh, we talked earlier, Tammy mentioned about small groups. And, I, you, know, you know, Shane gave a great description. He said, we come together, and it's just sort of what's on God's heart. And, and you know, I, I just encourage you guys, you're, 
foregoing an opportunity to experience God if you don't get connected in a group like that. You know, there's, there's a couple new groups starting up, and there's, there's I, I, you know, we have groups now on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, and Thursday nights, I think, so you're running out of excuses. No matter what your favorite show is, you can go on a night that it's not on. So just, you know, make, make an effort to get connected because I, 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 there's opportunities, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate some stories so we don't go long, but um, there's opportunities to, to, to get connected and really experience God's presence in simple ways. Uh, another way is um, anytime we minister in the name of Jesus, it's an amazing opportunity to experience God. And, and some of you who minister regularly, you, you, you serve on a regular basis in some capacity, you understand that. Um, a lot of you know, not everybody, but many of you know that uh, I've been spending a lot of time in the hospital lately. My, my dad's been really, really ill, and so I, I've been... Uh, spending most of the day in ICU, most of the days over the last few weeks. And um, the other morning I was there, between 7 and 8, they changed shifts, and so they closed the ward down. So I was in a little waiting room outside, and it was, uh, it was early, and there was, only, there was another person there. There was a, a woman, so, you know, two people in a room. I said hello, and she said hello. We talked, and her father was also in ICU and, and was, you know, really probably not going to make it through the day or the next day. And her family was coming in from different parts of the country, and she was sharing with me a little bit about her family and how there is a lot of um, disagreement over what should they should do and how they should do this and what should happen next. And she was anticipating a certain amount of drama and, you know, all of that. And, and her heart was just broken. And uh, so, so I just said, hey, you know, can I pray for you? And she goes, please, I would love that. So I, so I just prayed for her, and I just asked God to give her peace and couple things, you know, and and it was, I mean, I just suddenly, I was there in the presence of God. And any time we take a a step of faith and we reach out to someone, and we talked about this before, you know, whether it's prayer or just an encouraging word or helping somebody in need, taking a meal over, whatever it is, God's there. He's in the midst of that, and it's an opportunity to experience him in 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 a whole different way than we might otherwise. So I just encourage you guys if you're not taking those little steps of faith, you're missing some awesome opportunities to really experience God in your own life. So just, you know, pray, pray, pray through the day. God, give me a little chance today just to, to see your presence in somebody's life. When we do that, and, and this is a reminder, we talked about this recently as well, not, not only do we experience God, but we really are fulfilling his purposes. And again, you know, when, when Jesus was anointed to begin his ministry, he said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. God's presence was on me because God had anointed me to, there was a reason, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. So that's, that's what we're for. That's what we're about. And God's right in the middle of it. His spirit will be with you in that. So I just encourage you guys to take steps of faith and take risks. And if you're not involved in, in, in a formalized sort of ministry, then just cook one up, you know, just think of something you can do. They're out there. They're out there. I know that my list is not complete. There's other ways God could touch us. But I want to share one more with you, and then I'm going to invite Jesse and and the band to come back up and close us some worship. This last way is a little different than the others because it's one that we probably will not strive for, that we might not uh, 
intentionally invite into the course of our lives. But it's one that I, I can guarantee you maybe more than any of the others. When we experience it, we experience God. And, and that is in brokenness. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Did I talk to you about what we were doing, what I was doing tonight before? I, t- I did a little bit. Did you pick your set based on that? Not really. Okay. Because I didn't know if you did or not. But, I mean, the songs we sang tonight were so much in tune with what I want to share with you. But, um, you know, in the, in the world we think of something being broken and that's a bad thing. But in the presence of God, it's not a bad thing necessarily. There's a lot of brokenness in life and in our hearts. And, and, and life can be really, really tough sometimes. And, and I, can, I will give you a money-back guarantee. When you're in that place, God will meet you there every single time. Every single time. Psalm 51, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, God. You will not despise. And, and, and God will, will meet with you in that place of brokenness. When we come to him empty-handed and we say, I have nothing left. Whatever circumstances led us to there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's in that place that God says, I'm, I'm going to be with you. I, I read a, a fascinating book a few months ago uh, called Fingerprints of God. It's by a, a woman uh, who is a reporter for NPR. She set out, uh, she was not a believer, not a Christian, set out to write an article for NPR on uh, spiritual experiences. And she began to go and interview people that had had spiritual experiences. And as she interviewed these people, they told her their stories. And guess what? The, the, the Spirit of God came and rested on her. And she felt the presence of God. And she said, that's real. That's it. And at the end of the book, or in the beginning of the book, but in conclusion, this was something that um, she said, while an encounter with God can happen anywhere, anytime, my research and my own life story tell me that brokenness is the best predictor of spiritual experience. I just think that's tremendously wise. And so, I, again, I don't know that I can encourage you to be broken before God, but what I can encourage you in is to take whatever brokenness may present itself in the course of your life and bring that before God and know that in that place God will meet with you. So I want to just ask you guys to stand, and if you guys would come up, and what we're going to do right now is just uh, take a couple minutes and worship together and then uh, just pray and see if we don't experience God. You okay there, John? Oh, you need your stand back.